Hey there, and welcome to the One Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. Hey, welcome. My name is Nathan and I have the privilege of bringing part three of our latest teaching series, which is called Hangry. I've been enjoying it so far. It's been good, hasn't it? It's, uh, yeah, uh, Pastor John, Pastor Amy, they've done a great job of starting this series, part one, part two, and I get to bring part three, where we are looking at how to make our best decisions in our lowest moments. And as part of that, this is a, what we're calling a Wisdom for Life series, where we're going to just try and extract some wisdom and apply it to our lives. And like, what good principles can we apply to so many different aspects of our lives from Scripture? Um, and the story that we're looking at and considering together is the story of Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. And we read it, and we're going to read it every time. We read it in Matthew chapter 4, verses 1. I'm going to read it now. And it says this, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And Amy spoke so well on this last week. She encouraged us to eat well. Because like when, we're, when we're well nourished on the word of God, we're not hungry for the things of the world. And Jesus demonstrates that so well here. Man does not live on bread alone, but from every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written. He's crafty, isn't he, the devil? He's using scripture right back at Jesus. And he says, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. And they will lift up their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone and it's so important here that we take note of this that Jesus he knows what the truth is he knows how to interpret scripture so when something when he's in a low moment when he's at a moment of vulnerability where he is hungry even scripture that's used in the wrong way he knows what the truth is sometimes when we're in a low moment dumb decisions seem like wisdom to us but when we know what the truth is when we know what the word of God says we can answer correctly and Jesus answered him it is also written do not put the Lord your God to the test again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their splendor he said all of this I will give to you if you will bow down and worship me Jesus said to him away from me Satan for it is written worship the Lord your God and serve him only then the devil left him and the angels came and attended to him it's an epic story isn't it I love reading that um, so last week as I said Amy encouraged us to eat well how do we make good decisions in low moments we eat well we we read the word of God we learn what it says and we, we internalize it and today what I want to encourage us to to do uh, the habit that I want us to, to ingrain and what I'm going to talk about is this so Amy said part one eat well I'm going to say part two prep well the habit I want to encourage us to think about today is to prepare well um, and that's what we're going to unpack over the next few minutes with one another. Like, I'm, I'm sure all of us have experienced at some point in our life the feeling of being unprepared. Where we say to ourselves, I wish I was more prepared. Now that could be like a moment where you, you open the exam paper and realise that from question one... I have no idea what this is talking about. That's a feeling that I have experienced. Some people maybe are nodding in the room affirming that. My wife 
will never be able to say what that feels like. She knows exactly what every test is about in her experience. She's a genius and I am not. Every test that I've opened, it seems, I wish, I wish I'd revised more. I wish I was more prepared. Or the moment where you drive your car onto the motorway ahead of a long journey and then the petrol light comes on. I wish I was more prepared. Or the moment, like, this happens to me all the time, where I get to work and I realise that I've just forgot my lunch or I've not brought any lunch and I think, I wish I was more prepared, and then I just go on a hunt around the building, trying to find things um, which get hidden from me. Um, but I wish I was more prepared. Like, we've all had that feeling. Like, the, the entire year of 2020, for example, I wish I was more prepared for what happened then. That feeling, I wish I was more prepared. And we all know what that feels like. And I, I had a manager um, in my old job when I used to work at the bank, and she would always say in these business meetings that preparation prevents poor performance. I mean, and I would just roll my eyes, like, oh, here we go again. Preparation prevents poor performance. And in these meetings, I would, I would roll my eyes and think, I, I don't need such mantras. I'm, I'm spirit-filled. I'm a born-again believer. I don't need these cheap mantras. And I would go out from those meetings, and I wouldn't prepare, and I would perform poorly. <laughs> and I'd wonder why. But preparation prevents poor performance. And, and what I want to suggest to us today is this, is that Jesus performed so admirably in this time, he did so well at such a low moment because he was prepared for it. Because he had prepared for that moment. And like we read about Jesus, so we read when he was a boy, um, he went missing. And it says this in Luke 2 verses 46 to 47. Finally, his parents found him and he was sitting amongst the teachers, listening to them, asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. So that's when he's a young boy. And then it goes on to say in Luke 2, 52. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favour with God and Man, Jesus would go on to teach this. So Luke 14, 28, he said this. This is one of his teachings. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and you're not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go out to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? It's, it's preparation. Be ready. Jesus spent so much of his life, so 33 years on the planet, 30 of them, you could argue, were in preparation for the three. That's like a 90-10 ratio, quick maths. Like, so, so much of his life is in preparation, you could argue. And by the time he gets to this low moment, he is prepared for it. So when Satan comes against him like, and quotes scripture, Jesus has taken the time. He is prepared. He has internalized that scripture so he knows what to say. He has eaten well. As Amy said it, he is well prepared. So... What I want us to look at today is, is a little bit of the nature of preparation. How could you and I be more prepared for the highs and lows of life? And so when we face low moments, when we face tests, trials, temptation, we can meet them prepared. Is that okay? Come on, that's what we're going to talk about today. And I'm going to take a leaf right out of my manager's book and we're going to use the corporate jargon. All right? Because it works. We can use the corporate jargon. It's, it's not preparation prevents poor performance, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about the nature of preparation and, and three things about preparation that I want to talk about today. Good preparation needs to be, you ready? Corporate jargon, here we come. Purposeful, perpetual, practical. Can we just say that all together now? It's, it's on the screen, you ready? After three, one, two, three. Purposeful, 
Perpetual, okay, stop right there. You've got masks on, but you can talk back to me. Come on, a bit louder, please. Here we go, ready? After three, one, two, three. Purposeful, perpetual, practical. Well done, everyone. Good, this is going to be fun. Um, so, preparation in our lives for the moments that we face, for the highs, the lows, testing, hard times, temptation, it needs to be purposeful. The Apostle Paul wrote this. He says this in 1 Corinthians 9, uh, verses 25 to 27. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. The Apostle Paul lived his life with a purpose, on purpose, with purpose in every step. He knew who he was. He knew what he was called to. He knew what he was about. There was purpose to his life, and that was to share the gospel. That was to build the church, and he lived that way. There was purpose in his activity. And I believe this, like, so every time I got to do, like, assemblies, I would try and say this as often as I could in schools, and I I do truly believe this, but each and every one of us has a God-given purpose. There is a purpose to your life. You you are not an accident. Your your life is not an accident. You're not a mistake. There is a purpose to you being here. There's a purpose to you living in the city that you do. There's a purpose to you being in the family that you're in. There's a purpose to you being in the job that you're in. There's a purpose to you being in the school that you find yourself in now, in the university that you find yourself in now. There is a purpose to our lives and to what is happening in our lives. There's a purpose to this church being where it is now. Like we, we are, let's consider this, like, so 2,000 years of church history, and we get to be the ones that lead society out of the COVID pandemic. Like, no other church in church history has done that. Like, we're it. This, this is it. Like, we have a purpose for this moment. Like, we are the spirit-filled, Bible-believing, Jesus followers that God is calling and purpose for this time. There is a purpose for this church. There's a purpose that's on your life, and it is worth preparing for. It is worth readying ourselves for. And the question is, do we live that way? Do we live on purpose, with a purpose? Because when we fail to recognize that, when we fail to live that way, what happens is this. And to use the analogy that Paul uses, to like, he uses this picture of shadow boxing, doesn't he? What happens is we end up facing difficult times, facing tests, trials, and, and we can find ourselves unprepared, ill-prepared not prepared for them. When we fail to recognize there's a purpose to me being here, there's a purpose to me preparing, and what can happen, like this can apply to so many different areas of our life, but let's just consider for a second just our faith alone, like the spiritual self, the, the inner being. Like we can face temptation, and that can feel, and trials and tests, and that can feel like a, like a heavyweight. Like you're in the boxing ring, and then you're facing like, you're facing Tyson Fury, or Anthony Joshua. I, I, I shared that picture with my sister earlier this week, and she was like, who? Like, they're the biggest British heavyweights. Anyway, so yeah, like a big, big heavyweight boxer. And then out comes what it feels like. Out comes a a poorly prepared featherweight that is our spiritual self and that is our inner being. And it can feel like the odds are just stacked against us. And maybe your experience is this, is that you just get flawed again and again and again. And in moments of the test and in moments of the trial, you're finding yourself just getting knocked out again and again and again. And it... I'm, I'm humorously framing this, but it sucks. It's awful. Yeah. When we give in to temptation, when like, the, the test like, gets the better of us, when we feel like, man, I, 
I don't know what else to do here. When we're not prepared, we give in. We, we find ourselves saying, well, I've got no other option. When we, when, we find like the, when, we, when we don't know what the word is, when we're not well edified, we face difficult moments, and it's like a heavyweight up against a featherweight, and we just get flawed. When Satan met Jesus in the wilderness, at Jesus' low moment, he was very hungry, very weak. He wasn't met with an ill-prepared or weak man. He went toe-to-toe with a a heavyweight, a, a, a person, a man that was very well prepared. And we see it in those three temptations. Jesus just floors him, just like comes back at him. Like, well, scripture says this. Poof. Scripture says, Poof. it is written. Poof. And what if you and I could be so well prepared that when we meet these temptations, when we meet these trials, we're not featherweights, but we feel like spiritual heavyweights that can throw and pack a punch and actually can. And I think. We get there when we understand that there is purpose. I have a purpose. There is a reason for me to prepare myself, to eat well, to train spiritually, to get good people around me. And this applies to so many areas of our life. So um, my wife and I, we've made the decision that we want to live and have a purpose-filled marriage, a purposeful marriage. So like come lockdown last year, when we find out that we, we were having another child, we recognize that like, ahead of us, there might be some difficult times. There might be some difficult moments, some sleep-deprived moments, and they might, they might feel like low moments. So, so let's prepare for them. Let's, let's get ready for them. And, and so just very practically now, we did the HTB marriage course together in the summer. And it was like the best thing we've done in a long time. So when we face this moment that we're in, and it, I don't want to, it's wonderful, it's beautiful, but it is brutal and very sleep deprived. Like we have done some preparation because we want a purpose-filled marriage and we're able to withstand this sort of low moment at the time. So, but good preparation needs to be purposeful, to live on purpose, with a purpose. That's the first thing. The second thing is good preparation is perpetual. And, and I believe this, it really links to the first point, but as long as there's breath in your lungs, there's a purpose for your life, and God will always want to prepare you and, and, and ready you for that purpose. It's not like you can retire from God's purpose on your life, or it's not like you're too young for God's purpose on your life. There's always a state of being made ready. And, and again, Paul writes this in 2 Timothy, writes it to Timothy, in 2 Timothy 4 verses 2. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and careful instruction. So in season, out of season, be ready, be prepared, be, be in a state of preparation. It's perpetual, it's, it's ongoing. Um, and I was reminded of this story just this week because I was talking to some friends about watching live music. And um, I've told this story before, so forgive me if it's familiar, but we, I got to see my favorite band, the Foo Fighters, at Milton Keynes Bowl a few years ago. And like, man, I was, I was ready for that gig. I was prepared. I got there early. Um, I, was, I, had, I had appropriate footwear so that when the gates opened, I could run to the front and get as close as I could to the rail. And I did, so I, I ran, I kind of like, tripped up and pushed people that were slower than me so I could get ahead of them. And I got to the rail, I grabbed the rail, and like, I wasn't going anywhere. I had a bottle of water in one pocket, I had my catheter in the other, I wasn't going to leave. So I was there, holding the rail, uh, and, and 10 feet away from my best friend Dave Grohl. And like, the, the, the concert starts, it's awesome, it's like kicking off, it's amazing, and I was so glad that I prepared for that so I could enjoy it. But what I recognised midway through is that the people behind me, they were, they were coveting my spot. 
Like, they didn't have the, the rail to, to rest on. They didn't have this, like, one-on-one -on -one personal connection with Dave Grohl that I was enjoying. Like, so they, they wanted to be where I was. So, like, and they, they started to try and get to where I was. So, like, it started with one person just sort of putting their hand over me onto the rail. And then it started with another just sort of leaning their body weight. And I realized, like, I might lose this spot. I might get kicked out. So I had to make a choice in that moment. I had, yes, prepared for it, but I needed to, to fight to maintain it. So what I did, I sort of stood my ground. I dug my elbows out like this, and I, I continued to enjoy Dave Grohl, yes, but I was just sort of fighting as to, you know, to keep, keep him off. And I fought, and I won. And I kept my position uh, with my best friend Dave Grohl at the front. But here's the point, and here's why I mentioned that, is preparation needs to be perpetual. What prepared me to get there wasn't going to keep me there. And the preparation that prepared you for today might not be the thing that sustains you for tomorrow. The thing that prepared you for the marriage that you're in might not be the thing that keeps and sustains your marriage. The preparation required to get into the job that you're in now might not be the thing that keeps you in that and keeps you moving. Preparation is perpetual. It's ongoing and God's always teaching us. He's always um, training us. He's always equipping us for this day. Give us this day our daily bread. There is something new to do today. And I don't want to rest on what I've done in the past. I don't want to rely on the things that got me to where I am now. I want to be prepared in season and out of season for whatever God wants me to do. Preparation is perpetual, always ongoing. And this is, this is encouraging for me as much as anything, because if you have failed, if you didn't perform so admirably in a low moment of your life, if you did make a dumb decision and you just regret it, the goodness of God is that his preparation for us is perpetual. And you have another shot again and again and again. His mercies are new every morning. His grace is sufficient for you and he is not done with you. You have a purpose still and it's worth preparing for. So preparation... Good preparation is purposeful, it's perpetual, and then, and then lastly, it's, it's practical. You know, I think Christians, and I'm speaking of myself, like we're really good at existing in the conceptual, like we're really, that's, that's our space, like we, that's our jam, we own that, and so you can have a conversation, and I've been in conversations and I've spoken like this, where you kind of ask someone how they're doing, or like, how, how is God preparing you and and the answers we can say a lot of stuff without really saying much so like you know yeah I'm I feel like God you know he's taken me through the Red Sea like I'm going through the Red Sea but like there's still my Jericho I still have a Jericho and I'm just I'm going around it and I'm going around but you know you know what they say about his promises they are yes and amen so that's what I'm clinging to in this time um, but I also feel like maybe there is a mountain a mountain Jericho and and but you know he's faithful he's preparing me I'm just trusting and believing you know what? <laughs> but how? <laughs> like, like, we can we can say a lot um, without really saying a lot. Um, and I'm I'm not ridiculing biblical narrative here. Um, but if the narrative never meets the objective, then the Bible's never meet, never making a difference to our life. And it's important that we nudge it forward a little bit and go. Okay, here's here is how God is getting me ready. Here is is where in my low moments. Here is where I keep tripping up. This is the thing that continually gets me. And practically, practically I need to prepare better here. I need to make better decisions in this low moment. So like, let me ask you, like, is, for, for example, is your house so messy 
that you can't find anything in the morning. So by the time you leave, you're already at a low moment. You're already stressed because you can't put your hand on the things that you need. So it just set, you, you, the tone of your day is wrong. Or, or when you typically make dumb decisions or say things you don't want to say or think the way that you don't really like, like who are you with in those moments practically? Like wh where are you in those moments? And, and for, for me, to be really honest, the moments that I'm like most vulnerable, I guess, like that I'm most susceptible to making dumb decisions, um, it's typically after preaching or, or after the event, like, or after the youth camp where I've prepared for it, prayed for it, and then it's done. And then I'm like, oh, I guess I can let my hair down now. Right, metaphorically, of course. Um, I, can, I can relax now. And there's a little voice and note, if you track back to how Satan tempted Jesus in this second way, he, he used scripture like under the guise of logic. Well, no, scripture does say this, like dumb decisions and temptations, and we'll all know this, they can feel so logical in the moment. Like, oh, I, I, de I deserve that. I deserve to eat that. I deserve to spend that. I deserve to... And for me, so after sort of output, there's a little voice in my brain that says, okay, you need some good input now. And if I'm not careful, I will try and top up that kind of like the, whatever the, the chemical is in my brain, I forget it now. I'll try and like mitigate against the low with some wrong highs. So what I've had to do is like practically invite people in to say, hey, can you just, can you just help me post the event? Like, can I just like, can we, so I'll make sure now that I'm with family. I'll make sure that I'm with good friends, people that believe in me, encourage me after times of output. So Monday morning, it's like, it's, that's an important window of time that I've, I've invited some accountability in just so my thinking can't go off on a tangent or anything like that. But that's a practical example. There was a low moment and a practical change. Preparation needs to be practical. Like, what, what are you doing? Like, what does that look like for you? Like, what, what are you writing down like? And, and let me just encourage this. So I want this week, maybe, here's a, here's a practical the thing that you can do. Um, pause to prepare. Pause to prep. Um, we said about it at the beginning of the message, but the percentage that Jesus prepared, so 30 years of his life versus three years of his ministry, like what a, what a balance that is. Like so often I find myself just diving into my day or diving into the project or just like taking on a new task without really readying myself for it, like preparing myself, like preparing my heart, saying, God, what do you want to do in this moment? So this week, if we can, all of us, just take a moment, pause to prep. That could be just like, as we're having the morning coffee, I'm just gonna stop like, God, Prepare me for today. Prepare me for my, my class. Prepare me to speak to my mates at school today. Prepare me for that meeting, Lord. Like, give me wisdom as I speak with my colleagues, as I deliver this project. God, prepare me as I interact with people today. Give me opportunity, Lord, to, to show your goodness. Help me to remember that I have a purpose in this season, that I'm not an accident. It's not an accident that I'm in this workplace, this family, this environment. It's not a mistake. Help me to prepare well for it, Lord. So pause to prep and let's see what God will do um, in and through us in this time. And like maybe as we get back into the ring with some of these difficult moments and seasons in our life, like the temptation, the test, the trial is not going to be met by a, a feeble featherweight, but spiritual heavyweights that are well prepared, living on purpose, with a purpose, ready to go to war. Um, so we're going we're gonna to pray to finish, then we're going to time of worship. But like first and foremost, I wanted to uh, land this by giving every single person watching in the room online, 
the opportunity to commit your life to Jesus, um, maybe for the first time ever, or to do it all over again because you know where you are right now, you're not right with God. With, in relation to what I've spoken about today, with, with regards to your purpose, um, like you don't know what your purpose is. You don't know what it means to, to have a God-ordained purpose on your life, to, to know God, to enjoy Him, to tell others about Him. You, you don't know what that is. And perhaps the only thing perpetual in your life is this feeling that you're going nowhere, that, that nothing's really working out for you again and again. Like today could be the day that all changes. If you give your heart and your life to Jesus Christ, invite Him in to be your Lord and Savior, purpose is just then filled into our lives and, and God will then perpetually take you on this amazing journey becoming more and more like Christ. So if that's you, I would love to pray for you. I would love to give you a moment right now for an opportunity to give your life to Jesus. So like if you're in the room, let's just bow our heads, close our eyes, wherever you're listening from, this moment could be a moment where you give your life to Jesus and your life will never be the same. So come on, let's pray together now. Father, we want to thank you for Jesus. Thank you that you sent him to this earth to live a sinless life and die a sinner's death, to take our place on the cross and to take on his shoulders our sin, our wrong, our shame. But thank you, God, that he conquered sin and death and was raised to life in victory. And in his victory, we can have new life. So right now, Jesus, I want to commit my life to you. Thank you that in this moment I am a child of God, that my past is taken away from me, my sin, my past error is gone, and I'm a new creation in you. Help me to live each day, Lord, with purpose in mind, knowing I'm not a mistake, knowing you've got great plans for me, and that you are preparing me always for new things. In your wonderful name, Lord. Amen. Amen. If you did pray that prayer, we'd love to connect with you. We'd love to help you on your journey of faith. So you can either direct message us or, or sign up for a new people's group. But like, I want to pray for all of us before we finish, before we go into this time of worship. Um, Father God, help us to live on purpose, with a purpose. Prepare us, Lord. Ready us as individuals, but prepare us as your church to be your hands and your feet and to glorify the name of Jesus. We pray in your wonderful name, Lord. Amen. Amen.